Hey, beautiful souls. Welcome to a new episode on the Lost and Found podcast with your host, Amanda Stone. This week on the podcast, it's guest week. And on this episode, we are filled with the beautiful energy of intuitive business coach, Kanitha Coy. She explains how a childhood cloth named Magic shaped the spiritual magic she sees around her today. From her successful business coaching to her blissful travel life, she is everything inspiring and motivating you to find your version of success and where your soul belongs. Let's welcome Kanitha Coy to the podcast. Hi, Kanitha. Welcome to the Lost and Found podcast. It's so good to have you on. Hi, love. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Yes. I mean, we we haven't personally met yet, but we met through social media. Was it TikTok or Instagram? I was trying to remember which one it was. I think it was Instagram, but I am starting to become more and more active on TikTok. So we'll have to follow each other there as oh, well. Yes. How exciting. I would love to see your work. Because I mean, your Instagram's already so fun and just all of your, I think your reels are my favorite. And so I think if you're, if you switch it to TikTok, you'll definitely um, like have fun with it. Cause it definitely, they're two different platforms. I like TikTok better right now than the reels, but you're, I love your reels. <laughs> I agree with you. If you were to ask me that question, even just a month ago, two months ago, I would be like, oh, I'm more of an IG Reels fan. But now TikTok has been taking my heart really fast mm-hmm. and I'm loving it. So we'll have to engage more on TikTok. Absolutely. Yeah, you had. Yeah. So you had reached out and I'm always looking to grow my spiritual community friends. And because I feel like I, you can you can never have too many spiritual community, I mean, friends in your spiritual community. So I love that we've um, connected and we are building our spiritual friendship. So thank you for being on here. Yes, thank you so much for giving me this opportunity. And I am on the same boat. I feel like building a spiritual community is so special, whether it's in person or online or even in between or a little bit of both. I think it's just, it's a unique friendship, right? And Mm. especially in this digital world where perhaps the majority of your friends are through the internet versus seeing each other in person. They, it's just so special. And to have the commonality of this interest in spirituality and transformation and growth, it's, it's such a special thing. It's so unique. And that journey you go through together with digital friends or in-person friends, whatever, uh, through that spiritual journey is it's something special and something that you'll always remember. Absolutely. I just think it, it's like, like you said, it's like a shared um, trait. It's a shared hobby. It's a shared lifestyle. And it's just so nice because what you know that um, what you work on in the spiritual community, which is growing ourselves, getting to be the our highest self, you know, wanting to spread that love. So you know that when you do that for yourself and that knowing that they are also working on that and you kind of, they kind of want that for you. So you kind of help each other and grow together and learn together. And I just, I really love having that support system. Yeah. And it's so much for, okay. I don't know if this is the same for you, but for me, being vulnerable has been such a hard, hard thing to do in my life. Mm. Even with my childhood friends, my family, 
it's so hard for me to be vulnerable. But as we're going through this spiritual journey, it, I don't like to say force, but lack of a better word forces you to be vulnerable and to share those, you know, deeper, those maybe darker uh, parts of your life. And Mm -hmm. when you create this community of spiritual beings, you, like I said, are forced to become more vulnerable. Therefore, showing this vulnerable side of you creates more depth in your relationships with that community, right? Yes, because you're not embarrassed. You're not shameful because they, they're, you realize that we're all going through something and we can help each other out figuring it out. And and it's, it's, it's just such a comfortable and safe place. And like you said, yeah, it is so hard to be vulnerable. A lot of people, it, it's hard for them to open up. So I think that the podcast has given me um, more comfortability with being vulnerable. I still watch my, I still catch myself watching my words. I don't want to say names or I don't want to say too much about myself until I have found the light at the end of the tunnel with that. So I usually only give vulnerability about advice that I can say like, yes, this is a hard time for me, but this is the light at the end of the tunnel and you can too, you know, you can have that too. I love that. So beautiful. And perhaps throughout your own personal journey, you'll get to that point where you do feel more comfortable getting a little bit deeper, right? Okay. So I wanted to talk to you about, I wanted to start diving in about spirituality and where it started for you, with you, how it started, wherever you want to take it? Such a big question. <laughs> yeah. Let's see. Let's start when I was just a little girl from my earliest memories. I remember I carried this blanket, but it wasn't really a big blanket. It was probably like the size of a washcloth. But my parents and my grandma who lived with us while growing up, they kept this like piece of fabric that they got from probably Joanne Fabrics or mm-hmm. Walmart or yeah. something. And they would just like cut me out a little piece because I was obsessed with it and I called it magic. For some reason, I just had this belief that this little piece of cloth just had so much magical energy mm-hmm. that I needed to have it with me everywhere, every, like 24 seven. So cute. I love this. It, it was just with me. And it's so silly because yeah, when that little piece got like dirty or ruined or I lost it, like my parents or my grandma would go back to this piece of fabric and just, you know, cut up another part of it. Oh, wow. Okay. Okay. (laughs) Like they just kept, they, they, would they tell you like you lost it or they just would go do it and be like, Oh, I found it. Here it is. I think it was a combination of both. It was just, you know, whatever they felt like was, right they just you know got me a new piece of this magical cloth so that was when like I said I was such a young girl and I was probably like around three or four when I started carrying this around maybe even at a younger age but I that was when I really understood that there was just so much more to this universe than us human beings like there's energy around us I truly believe that this little piece of cloth was was just full of like magic and energy right mm-hmm. and you know at, and then that was just a one part of my spirituality but 
as a young girl and growing up into my teens and adulthood, I was always into astrology. I'm pretty sure a lot of us, we would read our horoscopes at the, mm-hmm. you know, in a magazine yeah. or, you know. So on- true. I forgot about that. Like when like on little like, um, like teen Vogue or whatever, and they have the little spiritual. That's so true. Yes. Yeah. What was that? Like teen pop or something or something. Yeah. Something like that. And I remember in high school, I was really into Cosmo. So I read those horoscopes. Oh, yes. So yes. Or 17. I love those. Yes. That was it. 17. Oh my God. <laughs> and then when I finally turned 17, I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm like so cool. I'm 17. <laughs> magazines were the best oh Mm -hmm. my goodness so many memories with those but yeah I was like so into uh astrology and reading the horoscopes but that was just that was as much as I would do when it came to astrology until I was in my adulthood so basically you know with society with culture influences your peers media all of that while I was growing up, I lost touch of my spirituality. And I think a lot of us can relate to that because of, you know, especially with us living in the Western culture, it's when we were younger, it wasn't really, you know, prioritized. It wasn't mainstream like it is now. Mm -hmm. So I, you know, I lost my magic blanket because I didn't believe in it anymore. I, you know, just relied on, you know, us beings just, you know, living in this three-dimensional world and that's it. And it wasn't until I would say in my 20s, I started tapping into my spirituality again, but very subtly, like, you know, getting into horoscopes again, but reading more and more about it, not just, you know, reading and learning about my sun sign, but also introducing my moon and, and my rising and everything in between. But what really kickstarted my spirituality again was when I was 27, this was, I think, in 2017, if I'm doing the math right, was when my mother, she had died of colon cancer. Oh, wow. So I'm sorry. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, it was it was a really tough but pivotal moment in my life. She was diagnosed with colon cancer for around, I think, a year and a half. And it was it it was a really tough battle for her. It was, you know, we've never experienced anything like that in our family. And I don't think at the time I knew I had any friends that experienced something like that. So it was such a new, new journey for myself and our fan and my family. And that was when, you know, our life just started to change. It's like, okay, well, I was the one that did believe in the spirituality and energetic beings. So I was looking at alternative ways to help my mother heal or to even go through whatever it was she was going through with chemo, radiation, all those side effects and stuff. So that's when, you know, I started becoming more more uh consistent with like meditations with energy healing with clean beauty uh all the holistic practices like all the holistic like all the holistic practices yeah yes 
everything. You can ask me about just about anything when it comes to holistic practices. And I'm, I will guarantee you, I've at least dabbled into it just a little bit. Well, good to know if I have any questions about anything. <laughs> yes. So we, we tried just about everything. Unfortunately, my mother's cancer was just way too serious and way too late for anything to help her. So she did pass away. But what I learned from that was, I mean, so many things. I learned that, you know, death is inevitable, right? Mm-hmm. And it's something in our society, especially in our Western culture, we don't talk about much, but it's ha- it happens to all of us. Mm-hmm. And we have to learn how to accept it and deal with it and cope with it and understand that it's a part of life. Absolutely. Well, I definitely had to learn that lesson as well. I, I lost um, actually both my parents. So I'm right here with you, girl. So whenever you want to talk about it, I'm always here and open for that because it's hard at our age. Everybody has both of their parents. And, um, so it's, it's hard to, it's hard to connect with people. It's hard or it's hard to, for other people to understand us. So, you know, um, but I give us props for continuing to be strong and still spreading light, even whenever it feels like we want to be mad at the world, but Hey, we're here and we want everybody else to grow and love themselves. So I love that part. But, um, how, so when did it start? When did you start doing the, the, um, intuitive business coaching. If you want to explain a little bit about that. Yes. Yes. Well, I, okay. So let's fast forward from, you know, 2017 when my mom died to 2020 of just last year. So, you know, so just to, just, so just to kind of brush up a little bit. So you're saying that like, so the whole thing that happened with your mom was what really kind of pushed you more into their spiritual walk. Correct. Correct. Yes. Yeah. With my mom's, you know, diagnosis and death, it really pushed me to become more spiritual because that's when I understood like, wow, there's just so much more Mm -hmm. to life than what we are experiencing. Amen to that. Yes. Yeah. We are energy beings where everything is energy. We're made up of energy. Like, you know, the water is energy. Everything that we see and touch is energy. Everything that we don't see and touches energy. So it was just, it was just like an aha moment. Like, wow, there's just so much more. And that's when I felt like I truly awakened after my mom died. I'm like, wow, there's so much more to then this earth. There's, you know, if you, if you are religious or believe in an afterlife or heaven or whatever, I mean, there's just so much more than what we are experiencing as humans. So from 2017 let's go from 2017 to 2020 just last year during the pandemic in between all of that I did I continued my spiritual practices and journey I did so much healing I did yoga I got my yoga teacher training I got introduced to my beautiful Reiki master Kelsey Patel Uh, she introduced me to Reiki I ended up getting Reiki certified and just I was just like looking for ways to heal myself from all the trauma and grief that I experienced mm-hmm. from my mother's death and just life in general. And I knew I knew that my corporate job at the time. So let me give you a brief background about that. So I 
before last year, I was a hardcore like businesswoman. I was managing marketing and events for a major airline for the entire West Coast for like ever since I graduated from college. Oh my gosh, that's so awesome. So you were doing so I mean, I feel like you're still a boss babe, but in a different way. This was more corporate and more, you know, the of the world, I guess. <laughs> Exactly, exactly. I was very into like this corporate lifestyle. And like I said, after my mom died, I had this spiritual awakening. So I was trying to balance like the spiritual side of me as well as, you know, this like, you know, business woman hustler. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And it was it was hard, but I made it work. However, you know, as I'm sure you experience this, as you continue your spiritual journey, you start to realize that there are certain things that no longer serve you. Mm-hmm. For me, it was corporate America. And I was battling between being financially secure and stable and like climbing up this corporate ladder, but also knowing that I was burnt out, stressed to the max. I had to deal with so much like corporate drama and gossip and and competing with people and that just and and oh I forgot to mention this the politics the politics in corporate America are just absolutely yeah so when it came to 2020 with the pandemic the as you know the airline industry did not do so well in the pandemic because we were all about travel and <laughs> there was no travel. Yeah. So I I decided the the airlines they offered a leave of absence program where you could actually basically take a sabbatical and then come back and still have your job back. And I was like, you know what? This is my once in a lifetime opportunity to like take a break from work. So I took it. And at first I was only going to take it for one month. And I was like, okay, one month I can finally just like decompress, like realign myself. And hey, you got to love COVID. <laughs> Seriously. <laughs> yeah. Decompress, realign myself, take a break, take like sleep. Like I was running sleep. on no sleep. Just, <laughs> just yeah. <sleep. laughs> just all of that so Mm. one month turned into four months of not working and just like you know going deep and doing like inner work and then the four months ended up just me leaving my my corporate job I was like after spending all this time away from my corporate job which is all I knew at the time like my life was consumed by my corporate job Mm. I was like wow there's so much more to life than just my, you know, my corporate job, corporate America. And I started learning more about how can I turn this into a business? How can I turn my healing journey and my desire to help others heal and become independent entrepreneurial women to do the same. So I took the leap of faith just, you know, last July, it's almost a year now to leave what was comfortable, what was stable, my corporate job to create this new business of mine where I help entrepreneurial women create, you know, their dream life by building their own businesses 
all at the same time healing themselves from their shadow, from any traumatic experiences that they may have gone through throughout their lives. Wow. So that's so that's when you finally were able to just connect it. You had the time to figure out what it is that you really wanted. And it kind of opened, I felt like it also put things in perspective of how much of your life you were putting in to this job. And you were realizing it wasn't making you happy anymore. And so and then you figure out the next thing, which is your intuitive business coaching. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I feel like you know, I understand how serious this pandemic has been for so many people. And we have lost so many beautiful souls from this terrible pandemic. But at the same time, what we have to look at is say, hey, you know, can we can we do something about it? Can we become better people from this? What can we learn from this, you know, time being quarantined mm-hmm. and all this stuff? And one thing that I always, always share with my clients is that like, look, you have a choice to either, you know, dwell in what's happening in this world right now, or to become a better person from it and to learn from it and to be better. You have that choice. And I always encourage my clients to do the later. Awesome. That was beautiful. Thank you so much for sharing that with us. Okay. So the next thing I wanted to talk about was back around June 22nd, I joined your little summer solstice reset and it was so nice. It happened. It was like a day that I was already kind of feeling down. I remember, or I was feeling in a rut. Like it was just, you know, when you, sometimes you wake up super motivated and happy and ready to take on the day. And then there's other days that you're just kind of like, bleh, you know? So whenever I saw you're like having the summer solstice, I'm like, this is exactly what I need. I'll just be in my room in my safe space and just hear what she has to say. And it was just so encouraging and I loved it. And um, the journal prompts, I'm all, I love journaling. Um, and so that was always, that was something nice to do. And then um, one thing that really popped up at me, well, if you want to talk a little bit about your summer solstice, sorry, go ahead. Let's tell us, tell my, tell my listeners a little bit about what the summer solstice reset was. Yes, I was so happy to have you join the summer solstice reset. So what it was, okay. The summer solstice happens every year, June 20, around June 21. And that's the summer solstice for us in the Northern Hemisphere. So for those who are in the Southern, like Australia or South Africa, they would be experiencing their winter solstice. But for us here in the United States, it was our summer solstice. And what happens during the summer solstice is just a change in season. So that's what a lot of us know about. It's a change in season. We're going from spring to summer. But with that, there's just so much more going on. So when the summer solstice happens, that's in the world, in the world of uh, planets in our galaxy, that's when the sun reaches its highest point. So we see so much daylight within that summer solstice. It's you know the longest day of the year, and when we when we receive that energy of the sun, it energizes us. It transforms us. It's a 
it's a time of evolution. So when you think about the season change from spring to summer, uh, you start to see a change in temperature, perhaps, or flowers continue to bloom and some flowers stop blooming. For example, maybe peonies stop blooming around this time. So we see a lot of transformation and shift. So when we think about us as energetic beings, we are too transforming. We're we're transitioning. We're uh, we're evolution. Uh, our evolution is going into this you know summer season, and we experience maybe a shift in energy, a shift in perspective, a shift in anything we want. So with the summer solstice reset, was we are just realigning, recalibrating ourselves to align with the energy of the sun, but also the energy of this summer season what we did during this four-day reset was a lot of energy work around realigning our chakras um you like you said the journaling prompts which too is one of my favorite things to do we talk a lot about manifestation so when mm-hmm. i did share those journaling prompts it's kind of like a like um like a way of manifesting that I love to do when it comes to journaling and manifestation, I ask you to write what, if you were to already have everything that you want and more, what would you be doing right now? What would you be wearing? What would you be saying, doing, breathing, walking, talking? And that is just another form of manifesting your truest desires. So when I relate it to the summer solstice, like we are putting down our intentions of what we want to achieve throughout this summer season and beyond. And journaling and manifestation has a huge role in that. Yes, I love that's what I'm saying. I love because a lot of people don't know that about manifestation is you have to already live in the vibration, the energy that it's already yours. Because just when it's given, if it was just given to you, you would like you wouldn't, it's almost like you wouldn't be ready for it, right? Like you would still be that same person. So you have to show the universe, you have to show God, the divine that you're ready for it by already showing them that you're ready for that you know how to act that you know how to be with those gifts or goals, whatever it is that you want to (laughs) do. Yes, that is the secret sauce to manifestation. And we have to be worthy of it, right? Like I have a lot of clients that come to me and they're like, Kanita, I'm thinking the thoughts, feeling the feelings, being grateful. And you know what everything that all like all the coaches and books and programs tell you to do, but my manifestations aren't coming to life. What's going on? And I say, well, you not only does your conscious have to be have to know that you're worthy of receiving all these manifestations but your subconscious has to be worthy of it too so what kind of work do we need to do together to tap into that subconscious to let your subconscious know that you are worthy and and able to receive all of that and more absolutely i love it because i mean just like just like if you know you just were handed something it's, and it's also the work that you're putting into the work that you're putting in and just when something is just handed to you, you don't appreciate it. But when you work for it and you put the time in and you get it, you're like, it just feels that much better, you know? So um, the next thing that you had talked about was um, you kept asking like, what global impact do you want to make in the world through your manifestations, through the changes that you're making in your life and getting higher and you said that you wanted to make a global impact through um, 
through the third world countries. So can you talk a little bit more about that? Because I loved that because that's definitely um, a manifestation of goal of mine as well. Yes. And I love meeting people like you where we have like similar goals. And it's just going back to what we were talking about in the beginning about building a community. I mean, this is this is exactly what having this beautiful community is like. It's like finding like minded people and sharing these ideas and goals and ultimately helping each other. Right. Mm -hmm. So going back to your question about making a global impact, one thing that I love to encourage all of my clients is when they do become their version of successful, whatever that means to them, a lot of it has to do with, you know, earning a specific amount of money and stuff. So like, you know, of course, having all this money is great, but like, let's, what are, what do you want to do with it? I always encourage them. I challenge them to use that money for, you know, a greater good. And what, and if that greater good is making a global impact, what exactly is that? So I always love asking that question to Mm -hmm. everybody. Um, for me, I, I'm still, you know, working out the kinks and stuff, but I have this big goal of, helping third world countries. So my family, my family, we're Cambodian and we, my parents and my grandparents, they came to the States as refugees in the 1980s. And they experienced this crazy, intense genocide in Cambodia. And I don't know if you're familiar with it. Well, no, I did. I actually wrote down a little note putting Cambodia, but I forgot why I said that. And so when you said that, it reminded me one of my dad's last trips was a mission trip to Cambodia. He went in going to speak there, you know, spreading the Bible. And they ended up, he has a lot of medical background, so ended up boosting him to help in the medical field. And went and and gave medicine and just really helped out and he had the most amazing time he loved cambodia so much so i just i wanted to share that with you oh oh my god how special is that wow i have pictures so i'll find the pictures and i'll send them to you whenever i when i find them oh my god yeah yeah, my dad was right there helping your people yes No, I absolutely love that. How, how special, but yeah, Cambodia went through this genocide, this uh, communist regime in the late seventies and my parents and my grandparents had to escape it. And it was, it was not, it was, it was really hard. They were just kids and they had to go through so much, so much trauma, grief, all of that. Mm -hmm. So when, uh, they came to the States, you know, they started with zero dollars and they barely spoke any English too. So they definitely started with humble beginnings, having to learn English, having to go to school, get a job, all of that. And, you know, growing up, my parents shared some of that with my brother and I about their experiences. And we've been, and knowing that I am so grateful and so humbled and fortunate to be growing up in the U.S. versus, you know, what they had to experience. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. And although Cambodia is in a much better place now, however, it's still a third world country and there's Mm -hmm. still so much poverty. Mm -hmm. And, And I just want to be able to use 
you know, my, my platform and build this beautiful philanthropy to help third world countries like Cambodia or other places too that need the funds for education or empowering women Mm -hmm. to become entrepreneurs. Absolutely. Oh, that just gave me chills because it's so true. It's like, yes, we're on another side of the world, but we all have the same visions for ourselves. We all want to help other. We all have these passions that we want to create and put out to the world. But these women, you know, they're either stuck with, you know, with the governments that they're in that stop them from pursuing their passions or money. And so if we're given that power and we have that opportunity to help them and give them and and financially help them because of our financial states, why not? How can we not do that? Like, that's why we're here. That's what I want to be doing. So love all of that. And it makes me so happy that, you know, you have that passion and you're going to create it knowing that when money, one of my favorite um, influencers, I don't know if you know, manifestation, babe, but she always says like, when you put money in the, when you put money in the hands of good people, good things happen, you know, powerful things happen. Cause you know, when good people like us have money, we want to change the world for the better. Exactly, exactly. And yes, I do follow Manifestation Babes. She is amazing. And I agree with that 110%. And that's why I love working with women entrepreneurs, because I don't know the exact statistics, so I'm not going to quote it. But I know there's some statistic out there that when women have money, we give back to the community more than our male counterparts, unfortunately, but (laughs) (laughs) so I'm all about encouraging us women to just, you know, go out there, find their financial independence and their entrepreneurial spirits to not only heal themselves, but to heal the world. Absolutely. Well, yay. Thank you for sharing. So from your Instagram, you're also a huge avid traveler. Am I right? Yes. Oh my God. Ever since I was a little girl, my travel bug has never went away. Oh, me too. My dad worked for American Airlines. So since I was like a little girl, we'd always be traveling somewhere. So I definitely had that travel bug and I'm going to keep it with me till the day I die. to have and it's something that you never want to get rid of so who knows maybe you and I will travel somewhere I absolutely you don't even have to ask me twice tell me where and I'll meet you there (laughs) so where are you where are you right now I am currently in Seattle so my entire almost my entire corporate life has been in Seattle, Washington, and that's where I met my husband as well. So we are currently in Seattle. Right now, we don't have a specific home. We are kind of like digital nomads. We're at um, his dad's townhouse right now, which has been vacated, so it's ours. And, you know, we're here in Seattle because we – have been living in Tulum, Mexico for about eight months. How beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. For about eight months during the pandemic, we fell in love with Tulum. We ended up actually buying a place there. How exciting. Oh my God. Give me the chills. I'm so happy for you. 
Yay, thank you. I'm so happy to. So we bought a place there. It's not going to be done until October of this year. So you're completely like starting from the ground up with this project? Yeah, yeah. Brand new. We're so excited. So because of that, we don't really have a home, but we wanted to take advantage of not having a home and being able to use all of our funds towards travel and exploring and everything. And so we've been kind of all over the place. We were in Egypt in April, we were in the Bahamas in May, and other places like Puerto Rico. Some upcoming travels are the Maldives, uh, going back to Mexico for a little bit, and Hawaii. But yeah, we're in Seattle right now. We have left so many things in Seattle. Like We just like pushed put everything into storage, all of our clothes, furniture, all that stuff. It's a complete mess. So we have been spending a week and a half here just like reorganizing, getting rid of clothes, furniture, whatever that we no longer want. Because, you know, when you're gone, when you're away from it for almost a year, you realize, oh, a lot of this stuff no longer serves me. Mm -hmm. So what's the point of having it? Absolutely. Yeah. So you're well, I just love your life. It sounds like so much fun. That's definitely something that I'm manifesting and working towards. I would love to um, be like a digital traveling nomad as well and figuring out how to do that and what's going to work for me. And I'm so happy that you and your husband have kind of connected with that. And it's great that you both have jobs that can do that. So are you full time um, with intuitive business coaching and then the traveling? You're not really... Um, you, that, that doesn't connect at all. You're just kind of doing that for fun and pleasure. And that's because it makes, and because it makes you happy. Is that correct? Exactly. Yes. So I'm full-time in coaching and traveling. I mean, I thought about it. Should I monetize it right now? It doesn't feel aligned. So right now I'm just having fun with it and exploring the world. Maybe it'll become a business in the future. But right now I'm just all in on the coaching, traveling for fun. I do dabble into investments just a little bit as another stream of income, but not you know, I'm not like a professional at that yet, but maybe in the future. Girl, I've just started dabbling. So you're doing, um, so do you do like stocks or crypto or anything? Yeah, stocks, a little bit of crypto. I know crypto hasn't been doing well right now, but you know, still learning. Exactly. I just started learning um, stocks and crypto as well. So I have a little bit of crypto. I have some in stocks, but I actually made some, my first big win with that AMC stock that hit. No way! Yes. It was like I just I it was my first win. I probably made like four hundred dollars, but I was like, oh my gosh, this I love this, and I just got hooked after that. That's when I started figuring it out and connecting, and I was like, okay, now I'm just waiting for my cryptos to hit, and I'll be good to go. <laughs> yes! Oh my god, it becomes I got like feeling that you get like wow, I made four hundred dollars just like overnight like what it's it's such a great feeling it's a good high isn't it such a great high just because I already like going to the casino and like playing you know roulette and whatnot but this is a different way but I still it feels still the same way but except you're kind of just gambling on businesses you know what I mean (laughs) and um and the future I guess and I, I just I just feel so much more of like a woman and like business dabbling in it because there's so many people who still don't do it but I, I I really enjoy it so we'll have to talk about that as well and see what see what you have money in 
Yes, definitely. Likewise, too. I think it's always great to share what we're investing in because, you know, what I've learned about uh, investments, especially in the stock market, it's not competitive at all. Like if you work together, it's a win-win for all of us, right? I love that. Like no one's really trying to steal money or anything off you because if you win, I win kind of thing. Like So we kind of all talk and and, um, talk about the new you know, companies that are up and coming and what we think is going to start getting big. Just like when before Apple was a thing, you know, you start talking about, oh, these new phones are coming out. Like you start buying it now and look at where it's at now, you know? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, we could talk hours about that, but yeah, going back to uh, traveling and stuff. So one of my ultimate goals is to teach about passive income because a lot of my clients have this, common love for travel and adventure and freedom right just me too me too (laughs) exactly exactly so like what how do we get freedom to travel the world to go on these adventurous trips and do these fun things i mean we have to get freedom and a lot of that is you know through passive streams of income so uh, more on that but i'm definitely you know working on some programs to you know help others create passive income. Well, thanks for sharing that with us. I want, you know, I'm glad that you spoke on about that. So that way, if my listeners are interested in joining your team and your coaching, they get a little bit, they get a taste of a little bit what they would be working on and what they would be doing. Um, So how can my followers reach you when it comes to business coaching? And what is your like ultimate goal for them if they were to join on with you, join with you? Yes. So you can find me at on Instagram at Kanitha Koi. It's spelled K-A-N-N-E-T-H-A-K-O-Y. And you can find me on TikTok at The Spirit Babe. My website is thespiritbabe.com. And when you work with me, I right now I have this beautiful one-on-one program where we work on the business building strategies and tools to help you create your own service-based business so you can work from anywhere in the world. But not only do you walk away with the business, I I put in so much energy work as well. So you're going to walk away feeling healed and knowing how to heal yourself through whatever situations that comes to you in life. We do so much energy work when it comes to your shadow, your subconscious. Um, I, I, I think I said earlier, you manifest through your subconscious, right? So we do a lot of subconscious work to reprogram your subconscious so you can feel worthy of having this abundant business and life of travel. Beautiful. I love it. Well, I hope they get inspired. Please reach out to her. I will also have all of that info she gave in the episode details. So that way you can reach out if you want to work with Kanitha. Um, So I also wanted us to wrap it up with a couple fun questions. And um, Yeah. So it's just a couple of fun things just so we can kind of get to know you and just to kind of end the show. Um, So what's your favorite spiritual practice um, that automatically grounds you? I right now would be journaling and meditation. Great. I know. I just sometimes we just it's so important to know those things for yourself because life gets so hectic. Stress happens. Anxiety happens. And you want to stop it before it gets larger, bigger and out of hand. So automatically you can just, you know, 
sit and close your eyes and have a meditation, ground yourself, do a little journaling. Why are you feeling bad? I also love breath work. That's been a huge one for me. Just taking even just three deep breaths with my eyes closed is just like sometimes exactly what I need. Yeah. And that's the thing about spiritual practices. Like sometimes I feel like spirituality has become so mainstream, which is fantastic. I wouldn't want it any other way, but because of that, sometimes we're making spirituality so much more complicated than it really is. Right. Mm -hmm. And I love that you said just taking deep breaths is so grounded. It can be so simple. And when we talk about a spiritual journey, it should be relatively um, accessible, right? So if we're adding like, you know, 10 different things to our morning spiritual practice and it's no longer fun or easy, then, Mm -hmm. you know, what are we even doing? So I love, you know, just the simplicity of how it can, how journaling, how meditation, how breath work can do so much. Absolutely. I also always try to um, tell my listeners to get out of that place. Like if you're in your room and you're having anxiety, just go step outside for a little bit, have a change of scenery, have a change of location, because that literally makes such a difference. And just being in nature, just stepping out with your feet in grass can art can just automatically take away and pull you out of that stressful moment. I love that. Couldn't agree with you more. Good. Yay. (laughs) I'm just kidding. Um, Okay. Next one, your favorite crystal stone and why? I love citrine. Citrine is such a beautiful, beautiful crystal. It's, it's, you know, all about like abundance and wealth and, and it's just gorgeous. It's like this gold, you know, color with like some like clear, like clear and gold. And Mm -hmm. I love gold jewelry. So anything that like, you know, has like some gold hint or hue to it, I'm all about. Absolutely. I know I actually had, um, Citrine was probably one of the most powerful first ones that I've ever had. And I just always, I've always loved that one. And I had a necklace and I went camping with my boyfriend's family and I lost it. So then when Christmas came around or my birthday or something, they got me another one and it was even more pretty. It was just like a nice rock and it had a gold chain in it. And it's one of my favorite necklaces that I still wear all the time. That is absolutely stunning. Yeah. The citrine crystals are so powerful. Yes, It just, it just for those of you who don't know, it just helps with um, manifestation and just bringing all around positivity towards you. Mm-hmm. Beautiful. And then um, last one, what is your favorite affirmation that you want to share with my followers or listeners? One, yes. Okay, I actually have it on my phone. So like... Yeah, pull it out. It's right here. I have it. Okay, so it's on her phone as her um, screensaver. So it says money is attracted to me or you read it. Okay. It says money is attracted to me even when I don't work for it. It's constantly flowing to me. This love that I have been sharing with my clients and they also love it because, you know, when we're building a business, we sometimes aren't getting the clients, the cash or whatever it is. And I always want to remind them that money is energy. Energy is renew is a renewable resource. Therefore, 
money is a renewable resource and how can we accept money to flow into us effortlessly, seamlessly, and constantly. So we do a lot of work in our subconscious where we talk about, you know, money is coming to us in so many different streams and different, you know, through different portals and stuff. So I like to, you know, remind myself and others, money is attracted to me, even when I don't work for it, it's constantly flowing to me. Constantly flowing. Well, thank you so much, Kanitha, for showing us your light for um, your all of your experiences because somebody is going to connect with you and and understand you and help them grow in their spiritual community. So thank you so much for being the Lost and Found podcast and you're welcome anytime. Yes, thank you so much for having me. I had so much fun with you and I am so excited to see you and your podcast continue to grow. Oh, thank you so much. We love you and... Um, Thank you, everybody, for listening. Until next time on the Lost and Found podcast. Don't forget to voice message me after this episode to let me know what you liked or what you want to hear next or even just show some love. I would also appreciate a review. And of course, hit that subscribe button. You can also find me on Instagram at mystonesoul. I'd love to hear from you.